1: You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Here we are. It is Wednesday night. He is Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson. You are watching MHI. Scott Kennedy on the ones and twos. Wednesday night, every 6 p.m. Mountain, you can catch us here rapping Broncos. It's a big week. We've got some Lions leftovers to get to if you did not catch our gut reaction. It's a big week. Christmas, all right? New England Patriots in town. Something about Russell Wilson, Sean Payton drama? Sign <laughs> me up. But before we get to all of that and more, what's up, Tom? How are we doing? Man just uh getting ready for Christmas and
2: hoping that uh, Broncos give me a Christmas present. I guess uh, with wins. I'd like to see some wins. <laughs> Ooh, like yeah. to see
1: some wins, man. That's you know, it doesn't feel like that long ago they were winning a lot of games and then you go up to Detroit, it's Saturday night primetime action and you get embarrassed to the tune of 42 to 17. Jared Goff must have heard me last week on this podcast saying I wasn't afraid of him. Because Tom, he went out there and threw five touchdowns. Absolutely unacceptable. There was a meltdown on the sideline between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. It's tough. All I want for Christmas is the Broncos to get in the playoffs. Tell me why the playoff hopes are still alive, Tom? <laughs> well, the biggest <clears throat> the biggest
2: reason is for me is they play three teams with losing records. I mean, they're win. I'm not, I'm not saying that losing teams can't beat you. What I'm saying is. They have an opportunity, easier opportunity than if they were, say, playing three winning teams. So that gives me hope. Two home games, only one road game left. They actually have the easiest schedule of all of the playoff hopefuls. I mean, wild card hopefuls, really, going forward. So that gives me hope. Plus, they still own the tying uh, tiebreaker with the Bills from the head-to-head matchup, and the Browns, if the Browns seem to decide to lose a couple games that we weren't expecting to lose. So there's some reasons why they can go, but they have to win out. If they don't win out, then they need a heck of
1: a lot of help to get in. The Broncos are going to need plenty of help this Sunday. I'm going to get into that. Tease my keys to victory just a little. We may tease some numbers as well that come out every Saturday at milehighhuddle.com. But speaking of articles, be ready. Stay alert. milehighhuddle.com. Dylan Von Arks. Has an article coming very soon about the league power rankings. Where do the Broncos stand in the AFC shuffle? He will let you know over at MHH.com saying, up, Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and please subscribe if you have not done so already. And look, Tom, you told me last week if the Broncos were going to lose a game, that was the game to lose. NFC, you laid it out perfectly. They're playing two AFC West opponents in the next three weeks. The New England Patriots come to town on Christmas Eve. And dang, Tom, I do not want the Grinch to steal Christmas. The Grinch being Bill Belichick and those damn New England Patriots. The Patriots offense, I know, I know, I know. They're horrible. But that defense, something that Sean Payton has to be concerned about.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it's not there are no gimmies in the NFL, but they are lining up as winnable games is all I'm saying. They're winnable games, but they can they can also lose all three of them. I mean, if they show up the way they showed up in Detroit, they could easily lose all three of these games. So, they need to have their best, you know, they need to put their best games on the field these last three games and let the chips fall where they may. But you're right. Um the New England defense could come up and and shock them, but I watched the New England Patriots last weekend. They don't look uh they don't look formidable to me. They've are, you know, the Chargers, you know, they're in a, they're a mess and the the Raiders looked really good for one game but doesn't mean that they're, you know, all are a great team by any means. So, like I said, they can they can win these games. Now
1: they just have to go win them. They're not a great team, but you know what? Who are we kidding? Neither are the Broncos. All right, I can point to the offense and now I can point to the defense who absolutely got scorched. Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton. I mean, man, it was a really, really rough day up there in Detroit. Even rougher when you turn on the film. Papa Bear coming in saying good evening and Merry Christmas, Broncos country. A huge Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of you from MHH and especially from us here at MHI. Hopefully, you guys are getting some time with the family. Hopefully, we're watching football together. I know that's something I really looked forward to last weekend, right? Saturday night. How rare is that that you get kind of these Saturday night games? Well, then you get a Christmas Eve game, right? And – I hate to bring up last year, Tom, but we all remember how horrible Christmas Eve was last year in L.A. The Broncos are playing in Denver. There is no way they're going to allow a travesty like that Christmas Eve game last year. Uh, The game, that same game that ultimately got Dalton Reisner canned from the Broncos. They got Nathaniel Hackett canned from the Broncos and made Russell Wilson eat tons of humble pie.
2: Well, I mean it's a this is the season of ending streaks. They ended the Kansas City Chiefs winning streak. They hopefully will end their losing streak that they have on uh, on Christmas Eve because they have not won on Christmas Eve in a long time. So, let's uh, let's hope that it's the season
1: of ending streaks throughout the rest of this season. We're going streaking, as Will Ferrell <laughs> once said in Old School, right? We want to end some of those streaks. Stu McPeak, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you and yours. Jumping off the top ropes with a huge, generous Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Ninety-nine, ninety-nine super chat, Stu. This helps us so much. It keeps the lights on. Merry Christmas to you and yours, brother. Merry Christmas. A big thank you to the MHH team and a huge thank you to you, Stu. you've been riding with us since day one, back when this show was on Saturdays, we've moved all over and here we are, man. And, and you and Broncos country are a huge part of that. So thank you for all your service with those airlines. I see you out there working and grinding and we appreciate you. Merry Christmas to you and yours.
2: Thank you, Stu. Merry Christmas. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here with us. That's the most important thing, you know, being here and talking football with us because otherwise it'd just be Luke and I talking to ourselves. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you could ask my wife and my daughter i mean they they picked up so much through osmosis but i can't imagine how crazy i drive them with all of my football nonsense and rhetoric here in this house casey nickel joining the show thank you casey another generous generous form of support a 999 super thank you for joining mhi with tom scott and yours truly got told i'm getting a promotion today Wow. And Kareem Jackson is back. Let's win out, baby. Let's go. Congratulations, Casey. That's fantastic. We're all about shout outs on this show. Um, What a gift, right? I mean, I'm sure you've worked hard for that. But it's the season of giving. And to be given some good news that Casey got a promotion, I'll take it. Uh, You know what? Kareem Jackson, he's officially, sort of, unofficially, kind of. Is he back? I don't know. Sean Payton wouldn't really uh, give us an answer. We'll see as to... Kareem Jackson playing this Sunday on Christmas Eve against the New England Patriots. Kareem Jackson, of course, coming off of another four-game suspension. I say another, Tom, because this is his second stint of being suspended. We will get into Kareem Jackson versus P.J. Locke. Who deserves the start and who can we see against the New England Patriots on Sunday night? And Michael Brunquillo, man, speaking of generous support, Broncos country is absolutely lighting this show on fire in the first 10 minutes. Uh, generous, generous support. Form of support from Michael Brinkio. $10 over on Facebook. Good evening, Thomas and Luke on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you and yours out there in Arizona, Michael. We really, really appreciate all the support. Thank you. and Merry Christmas, Michael. It's great to see you on the show tonight.
2: Ready to talk some football and getting, you know, hopefully getting uh, to the bottom of what the heck this Broncos team is actually all about over these next three games. That's what I'd like to see. What are well, in Broncos really
1: country... Yeah. Well, and what we're about, I'll tell you what we're about. We're about rallying. I expect Sunday night to be out of control down there at Empower Field. I mean, Broncos country, they show up, they show out. It's Christmas, right? That all the fields you're playing a, a conference rival. Broncos country we hate the Patriots all right like it's not as bad as the Raiders but there is a lot of disdain for those New England Patriots I think Broncos country is going to give it to them just like Broncos country gives us a lot of support Michaela Israel good friend of the show a very generous five dollar super thank you so much happy holidays to you and yours hopefully Cooper's doing well in basketball Merry Christmas Michaela um Tom I'm excited for this game against the new England Patriots. Right. But I've got some serious question marks are Sean Payton and Russell Wilson getting along. Is Kareem Jackson going to come back and, and just destroy opponents (laughs) at the Broncos expense, right? Like what are some of these things heading into this week that are giving us some concern? Russell Wilson's at the top of my list right now. Yeah. 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 Kareem Jackson, PJ lock. We're going to debate that here in a little bit, but All the stir is about how Sean Payton is the devil, Tom. I don't know if you've seen it. Maybe you've been under a rock in case you have been. Let me illustrate to you that Sean Payton yelling at Russell Wilson apparently is breaking news for a lot of national media. You and I have watched him yell at Russell Wilson for the majority of the season. What's your overall take on Sean Payton versus Russell Wilson? Screaming gate 2023 out in Detroit. I don't really care that he screamed. Coaches scream all the time.
2: I guess my biggest issue was the timing of it all really. It's like he just Sean Payton just went out there uh through two plays in a row he should have thrown the red flag but and then and then he didn't and then they end up not scoring a touchdown and uh, of course he took out his frustration on the quarterback when he actually should have taken out a little bit of frustration uh on himself. So that's the only thing I care about. I, yelling coaches yell. Big whoop
1: coaches yell absolutely and when you think about these two coaches coming up on sunday they yell all the time right bill belichick and sean payton who do they come from what coaching tree do they come from tom some guy named bill parcells right he wasn't yeah. exactly the friendliest guy Rubbed guys the wrong way went head-to-head with uh sims or over a career phil sims if i'm not mistaken right and phil sims ultimately earned that team's respect going head-to-head with the big tuna himself look It's sports, just like you said. These things happen. Frustrations happen. I think sometimes we take frustrations out on other people. Props to Russell Wilson for standing pat. Um, I think that would have been an opportunity if there was a lesser man or a lesser caliber teammate, I should say. I don't necessarily agree with some of the play of Russell Wilson, but I think he's been a fantastic teammate. Uh, He sat there. he, He did exactly what he should have done. He bit his lip, and he didn't say anything back. Now, whether or not Russell Wilson said something before that, to egg that whole thing on. Maybe. It's pure speculation. I haven't heard anything per source or anything like that, but the question remains, is Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, are they together going to be a unit moving forward for this Broncos team? We're fixing to find out this Sunday. Just like we're also fixing to find out How you are going to get down for your Christmas Eve Sunday night game. Guys, Little Caesars has our back. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Part of your official game day. Guys, I have some last-minute Christmas Eve shopping to do. Hope no one's listening from the fam. But I'm going to be running around on Sunday. I know I need to get some lunch. I make Little Caesars a part of my Sunday. Order online during the Pizza Pizza pregame. One hour before, three hours after NFL kickoffs. Plus... All day Sunday. Get ready for some football. Get ready for some fun.
2: And choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, or pick your own toppings that you crave. Either way, you win. There's always some great options, and you know, to mix it up, mix it up a little bit. Try uh, try uh, one topping uh, one weekend. Try another topping another weekend because it's 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 uh, cheap with our uh, our huddle up uh, discounts and whatnot. So. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Boom, little Caesars, they have our back. Just like Broncos Country, you have our back. It is Wednesday night, which means which means it's time for MHI. He is Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson. We got Scott going and helping us on the ones and twos. <laughs> I want to give uh Woofy Mellet a shout out, man. Had some had some bad news over in the chat. Looks like someone busted into the car and stole a bunch of the family Christmas presents. So thoughts and prayers to Woofy Mellet, man. We're about giving shout-outs and support on this show. So Um, definitely thoughts and prayers. I do understand it's a very hard time for some people, right? This isn't the best economy. This isn't the best world, right? Uh, if you can give, if you can help, if you could support, if you can be kind, please do so. Sometimes those are the most generous Christmas gifts that we can receive just like time. Is the most generous thing that we can receive. And we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Phil McLaughlin coming in hot. Thank you, Phil, for all the support, man. You show up so consistently every Wednesday here on MHI. Good evening, Thomas Luke, and Deacon Scott. Do you guys think that PJ Locke or Kareem Jackson will start?
2: Hmm. I hope it's Locke because I wouldn't replace him. Even though he had a bit of a rough outing in Detroit, he didn't have the impact that he has been having. He's had more of an impact. Than Kareem Jackson has this year, he's really coming into his own. I feel like he's playing at a very high level, unexpectedly so. And yeah, he might come back down to earth a little bit, but we kind of know what we have in Kareem Jackson when we watch him on the field. Uh, you know, he's a little bit of a liability in coverage, in my mind. And he is a, you know, when it comes to hitting somebody, he's a liability as well. You know, 15 yard penalty getting thrown out of the game, then you're short a man. So for me, for my money, I'm going with Locke. I hope he starts, and I, th- I think he probably will. Maybe not officially, but he'll get more playing time than Kareem Jackson will.
1: Well, I hate to do this to you, Phil, but I'm going to do it to you because I love you and you're here for me every week. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Whose call is it? Between PJ Locke and Kareem Jackson is it Vance Joseph's or is it Sean Payton's? That's a very interesting question when you start to think about it. Uh, PJ Locke has been playing out of his mind ever since Kareem Jackson's been serving this suspension twice now, right? We're looking at like seven games, eight games, something like that. K Jack has played fines out the wazoo. Here's where I'm at with Kareem Jackson. It's the curious case of K-Jack, as I like to say, right? And he's K-Jack Claus, and he's going out there and he's doing great things for the community, spending all kinds of money for kids. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, I just wonder how much of a liability he is. Tom, NFL referees are hunting for Kareem Jackson. That is a fact. There is almost a ransom on Kareem Jackson. You know, watch for 22. We're going to find him. Get anywhere near somebody, we're going to find him. We're coming off of an NFL Week 15 in which we saw a very nasty hit on Michael Pittman jr. with The Indianapolis Colts and the NFL is trying to send a message right now. It's the holiday season. We're not going to tolerate any of that. There are more eyeballs on our product right now than ever before. They aren't going to tolerate it. So I, I do feel like while it's, a little bit deserved from kareem jackson it's too much of a liability to throw him out there in the starting unit i do find it interesting the timing of this whole thing because as you know tom injuries can happen at any time we ran into a very similar scenario like this in training camp i was writing in my training camp journal i don't know if kareem jackson's going to make this team pj lock gets hurt yep. delarian turner yell goes down all of a sudden k jack's out there intercepting russ looking like his old self maybe he could go play corner i mean you're going to need both of these guys, all right? And you are absolutely right. Kareem Jackson has lost a step in coverage. I don't know if his physicality or his level of boldness is needed in the run game because, again, are you willing to accept that flag? That's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. But, Tom, who makes that call? Is it Vance Joseph or Sean Payton?
2: I'm sure it's Sean Payton. He runs the show. I mean, I just I think it is. I think he's going to play just because they need another body in the secondary. They, they've had some, in, you know, injuries to the safety position with Caden Stearns. He's out. DeLair and Turner. Yell is not someone you can trust back there. They no. have activated J.L. Skinner. So I think he's going to play. I think they'll probably suit him up. The problem I have is if he hits anybody hard, they're going to throw a flag. It just, I, I just have this feeling. If he lays a hard hit on somebody, they're going to throw a flag and, and that's it. And so you're going to cost your team, 15 yards and that's you know that's not and if it's going to be a tight game that could be something that kind of changes the the momentum of the game so it's it you know it's one of those things you got to keep your fingers crossed hopefully he doesn't uh, come flying in like a missile and really you really lay it into somebody and even though even though the hit could be clean they're still gonna probably throw a flag on it
1: Well, it's at a weird time of the year, right? It's a weird circumstance in general. Anytime you're dealing with a team captain who's coming back from an injury, let alone a suspension, right? I mean, if it were a lesser coach, I think you run into the problem of this isn't a question. You start Kareem Jackson because he's your locker room guy and you need leaders. That defense needed some leadership. They needed something last week in Detroit. I'm not sure Kareem Jackson's the catalyst that brings it all together against the New England Patriots in a perfect world i want them both out there right in nickel dime scenarios that means that you've taken the run game away from ezekiel elliott bailey Zappi, mac jones whoever the hell is going to start for quarterback out there in new england but you just have to realize if you're kareem jackson the league is coming for you they don't like your level of play they don't like you they want to find you they see you popping off on social media deservingly so i'm retweeting k stuff being like at commissioner when is adam troutman Adam Troutman get a call he got blasted right. to the face last weekend in Detroit nobody seems to give the Broncos the time of day Russell Wilson say what you want about him that man has taken a beating the last oh, yeah. two years as Denver Broncos quarterback and he does not get the same calls that a Josh Allen a Pat Mahomes some of these other quarterbacks get so yeah, it's tough but you know Scott's in our ear right now and he's saying look DeMonte K- KZ." KZ. Uh, whatever the Steeler safety's name is that laid that nasty hit on Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. He's suspended for the whole season. The league isn't going to tolerate it anymore. Tom, dare I say, if Kareem Jackson gets out there, maybe we're looking at a third suspension and something tells me if a third suspension's coming down from the league, it's probably not going to be for four games. It's going to be for the end of the year. Yeah. And the thing that really is interesting to me about this whole thing, I know it's all
2: safety and everything, but Give the, me a different uh, number,
1: Tom. I like Joey right here. I, give yes. me a different number.
2: <laughs> I mean, I used to watch NFL Crunch course and they used to just highlight all these hits on ESPN. It was like a big deal. and now it's like you can't hit anybody hard and they're gonna c- crack down on all sorts of different types of tackles. And it's so weird to me being having watched football for so long and knowing the you know how this has changed from, Oh, this was the best thing in the world to see these big hits. And now it's like, Oh no, it's a no, no. If you do it, you're, you're, you're gone from your team for a few games. It's, it's very odd to me, but I think Kareem Jackson will come out, have a, you know, he'll, he'll play. I I think he'll probably watch what he, what he does. And then, you know, maybe, maybe the last game of the season, he probably ends up getting suspended again or something, but Uh, We'll see. The one that I'm more worried about when they step on the field is Greg Dulcich because he feels it feels like he steps on
1: the field and immediately is injured. So talk to us about that. What are the Broncos injury report looking like? What's going on with Greg Dulcich? Right. We came on these airwaves last Wednesday. You and I are both excited. Hey, Greg Dulcich, everybody. Psych. (laughs) Well, you know, he had his hamstring
2: issue and then he got on the practice field and hurt his foot. So he didn't practice uh, today again so he's been out uh, not practicing for the you know most of last week and and uh, already starting out this week without uh, without practicing uh, benito's the only other one on the injury report that i'm really concerned about uh, he may may or may
1: not play so he's questionable probably for the game Well, and you got to do something with this pass rush, right? Shocking. One of my keys to victory. You got to put Bailey Zappi on his back. (laughs) I mean, they they could not generate a pass rush to save their lives. And you and I and Scott, we all lamented over it at the gut reaction last Saturday night, uh, reacting to the Lions. Huge victory over the Broncos. The defensive line couldn't get a push. I mean, there were two sacks between the entire team and they were both up front on the D line, but the D line was getting blown off the ball. The linebackers were absolutely embarrassed. Secondary were getting beat, not only in coverage, but missed tackles. Went back. I Passer Tan had a pretty poor game going back and watching the film, and he's my favorite Bronco on this team. Um I don't know if he's in if he's hurt, if he's if that thing in Houston with his knee, if something's still going on with PS2, I mean you're out there, you're expected to play well. I'm not making excuses. Justin Simmons, I need you to step step up, bud. I mean, yep. you're the interception leader since 2019. We need some turnovers. I mean, do not forget Justin Simmons is a very well-paid safety as well. So when we start talking about Kareem Jackson, PJ Lock, PJ Lock brings an ability that the Broncos need right now, and that's creating turnovers. I know, I know, I know. He got beat. He didn't have a good game either. You can't just send him on a, on a safety blitz every single time, Vance Joseph. <laughs> Shocking. Teams are starting to pick that up. I wrote about it at mileiddle.com. Start moving some of these guys. Start getting Justin in there a little bit. Have PJ drop back. I mean, these are things that you've, you've got to get a little bit creative as a defensive call defensive coordinator vance joseph we're talking to you you have improved this unit since miami but let's be honest detroit was an embarrassment as a whole just like the miami game was it wasn't as bad and i know they're still in the playoff race but this team is not good enough to be in the playoffs will they get there i don't know but it's so blatantly obvious that they were (laughs) outclassed by a higher quality football team
2: well, there's a difference between making the playoffs and being a contender for the title. So, in fact, I mean, you may see two teams from the NFC with losing records getting into the playoffs. So getting in the playoffs is one thing. God. Contending for the title is another. Broncos are good enough to get in the playoffs. They may get in. They may not. But I, that Detroit Lions game showed me they're not a true contender for the title. They'll get in. They'll make a little bit of noise maybe, but... I doubt that they're going to get past the, the first round of the playoffs. So that that's my feelings. That's what that's what I said at the Detroit. Uh, we talked about the Detroit Lions game before it happened. I said, I thought they could win the game. I said, if they did win it, it would tell me that they're a contender. They got embarrassed, so they're not. But they still have a chance at the playoffs. So they're still a playoff caliber team, just not a it's title about-
1: caliber team depending on the metrics that you look at the source the calculator the graphic wherever you're getting your information and i know it's a crazy world right disinformation galore fake news and all that uh 20% seems like the fair number right now. The Broncos have a 20% chance heading into this New England Patriots game of getting in the postseason. It pretty much drops off a cliff if you lose this game. All right. I would venture to say it's a guarantee that you're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, The Broncos need some help. They didn't get a lot of help. Week 15 as some of those teams. The Broncos needed to lose one. And who knew that Joe Namath? I mean, Joe Flacco was playing out there at the Cleveland Browns playing absolutely out of his mind as a, scrambling quarterback now, I mean sooner or later you and I are talking about he's got to come back down to earth, but the timing of the whole thing is not helping the Broncos. Just like another former Broncos quarterback. Maybe we need to write an article on that. Former Broncos quarterbacks getting their getting their wins in when the Broncos need them the most. Case Keenum, as John LA would call him, Case Keenum leading the Houston Texans to a close victory as well last weekend. CJ Stroud still in concussion protocol. It's interesting. Right, It's an interesting time of year right now, Tom, because we're very fortunate in the fact that the Broncos are playing meaningful games in December. Why do I feel like it's slipping through our hands? It just, I don't feel like there's any momentum. I know it's coming off of a really bad loss. This fan base was willing to crown this team after beating the Los Angeles chargers, throwing all kinds of mud at me deservingly. So for picking the chargers to win that game. Who would have thought Justin Herbert would have got hurt. Right. But look, there are bad teams and there are good teams. I have no idea what the Broncos are because I know that they're not a good team. I wouldn't quite call them a bad team. They're on the, the edge. If you will. It
2: depends on what team shows up. I mean, they they've shown they can play good football with against decent teams, right? It just depends on which team shows up. The nice thing about this whole uh, three games coming up is if you stop the running game against New England, it's Bailey Zappi that has to pull out the win, not Jared Goff, who actually played pretty darn good. I mean, they were playing right oh, yeah. into the Broncos' hands. They just couldn't stop the passing game for, all of a sudden at all. So, and the nice thing is you got Bailey Zappi Easton stick, and then you finish with uh, Aiden O'Connell, who's a rookie uh, quarterback. So hopefully, if you can actually show up to play, that they, they didn't show up to play in Detroit, if they actually show up to play these three games, they should be able to win them. Two home games, you go down, and you break that Raiders win streak against the Broncos in the final week of the season, you're in the playoffs.
1: I think I still think if they go 10-7, and seven, they get in the playoffs. You mean the Broncos are going to go into Las Vegas and win? a place they've never won just just like that's what i'm saying i I
2: said it's a it's the year and the season of breaking streaks they're gonna go in and break that streak and beat the raiders
1: we're going streaking mike s i was waiting for some people mike s william catalano coming in here i was waiting for you guys to come in here mike Givens as well what about drew lock there's an article running drew lock remember that guy ex Broncos quarterback drew lock well became a seattle legend if you will on monday night read all about it chad jensen has an article up over at milehighhuddle.com drew Locke, willing his team to victory against what the philadelphia eagles is that what i saw i mean good yep. lord here we go another broncos quarterback you got case keenum <laughs> joe flacco drew Locke. you know i saw teddy bridgewater down at the sideline detroit lions game it was a shocker he didn't make an appearance um Something that's got to be irking Broncos country a little bit. No, we don't want Drew Locke back. But uh, you got to give it, the kid his flowers. It, it, cool to see success. I certainly don't wish any harm on Drew Locke. I hope he has a great great career. I, I hope one day we could come back and say, oh, I wish he was this or wish he was that. It was cool to see Drew have some success, man. I think Broncos country was okay with that. I didn't see any negatives coming out of uh, Denver regarding <laughs> Drew Locke's good team win against the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Yeah. And that, that's the thing with Drew Locke. He, he tantalizes you with, uh, you know, some great throws or some really good games. And then the next game, he, you know, kind of goes the other way. So that, that was the problem with Drew Locke. You didn't know like the Denver Broncos, you didn't know which, which one you're going to get any given Sunday. Uh, yeah. So no, it's good for him. And uh, you know, hopefully he can keep going, keep that momentum going, but. You know, I, I just—it's time to move on, and uh, we're not—we're not congratulating Joe Flacco for his uh, his win last week. So I don't really care. I'm—I'm I'm more <laughs> of a—I don't care if anybody wins other than the Broncos type of player. But yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see the Broncos get a young quarterback with potential that they can groom for the future. I would love to see that. They didn't—they didn't have it in Drew Lock. They haven't had one for a long time ever.
1: How about we draft one and develop him? like his, uh, let's just do that. All right. Yeah. Like it's that easy.
2: Yeah. It's not a, it's not an easy thing. Sean Payton has not had a good track record of uh g- getting a quarterback in the draft and developing, developing him. Uh, and neither is George Payton for that matter. So uh it's interesting that everybody's just, Oh, we'll just, you know, all they need to do is draft a quarterback and uh we're all set for the next 10 years. Well, you've got to draft the right quarterback and it's not
1: that easy. If it was easy,
2: every team would be doing it.
1: Mm, Nothing's easy out there as Peyton Manning famously coined Drake L joining the show. Appreciate you so much. Drake asking, did Sean Payton not know about Russell Wilson's contract when he got here? Um, no, Sean Payton was not remiss on that. And he's, He's very detail-oriented. I think this year was, let's see what we have. And I think they've surprised themselves in a lot of ways. They're still in this fight. They are not looking at next year. I think Sean has some reservations. I think Russ has some reservations. I would be willing to say everyone down there has some reservations. We can all do better. There are no guarantees in the NFL, and it is truly a year-to-year basis for a lot of these guys. Very rarely do you see one player stay with one franchise for the majority of their career. Same thing can be said for coaches, especially coaches, scouts, GMs, what have you. All these sorts of things, I mean, the evaluation is still there um scott if we could get that one back up there real quick i'm sorry i was flapping my gums it is mhi he is thomas hall i am luke patterson joining you on wednesday night every 6 p.m mountain you can catch us over on social media get at tom at thomas hall nfl yours truly at luke patterson lp and drake's question was just like look what sean expect out of this season i think sean expected winning results i think broncos country expected a winning record here they sit seven and seven tom
2: yeah, I mean he he obviously had higher hopes, I think. Uh I th- those first two games are going to cost them uh in the end maybe if if they uh they kind of falter uh in these last three games that uh, loss to the Raiders at home by one point will cost them. But yeah, I thought he fully expected to have a winning season and go to the playoffs. And uh he he knew what he was getting in Russ. He th- he came in to be the one that fixed Russ even though I still I still believe that Russ never was broken. Hackett just had a terrible game plan and Russ is playing similarly to how Russ played in Seattle. Just maybe a, maybe a smidge worse since he's getting older and doesn't really fit the scheme. But uh, yeah, I I don't know what Sean Payton's plan is going to be. I just, I don't think that it's financially feasible to get rid of Russell Wilson after the season's over. I think it's going to be a pretty tough pill to swallow if they do it. And then what, you know, you uh, these these other players that you have right now that are are good. But by the time you get a young player ready to go, they're going to be gone. So you kind of you're basically starting over. If you go to the playoffs, are you willing to start over completely with somebody different? That's uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens if they get in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be the case.
1: But uh, are we just happy to say, oh, we got in the playoffs and that's it? I mean, uh, sure, that would be a huge turnaround from everything that's been 2015 to 2023. Do not get me wrong, it even sounds arrogant me saying it like that, right? I even have to check myself a little bit. Like, really, playoffs are it for us? The playoffs would be a monumental um achievement for this Denver Broncos team. Make no mistake about it. However, I just I, I think the the riding is so blatantly obvious and, and on the wall to everybody that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton do not gel. Sean Payton is running an offense that is not his. It doesn't even really resemble things that he does particularly well and that got him to the Super Bowl in New Orleans. I mean, I I just feel like Russ has been handcuffed. Uh I th- I don't think that Sean completely trusts Russell Wilson. I think there are all kinds of communication issues. I think that there are physical limitations now to Russell Wilson's game. Being a pocket quarterback is something that is continually a problem for Russ. He is missing guys that are wide open. When's the last time Russell Wilson's thrown a receiver open? I mean, I hear you when you say the talent is not there. We have to improve, right? Do you have a true number one alpha dog wide receiver? That's debatable, right? If Cortland catches a touchdown on Sunday, I would say yes. Uh, But he doesn't. He's not just absolutely dominant like an Amon Ross St. Brown, right? You look at what the Detroit Lions have and you start to wonder, at least I did when I'm watching the game, huh? I wish we had a tight end like Sam Laporta, huh? I wish we had a number one wide receiver like like uh you know Amon Ross St Brown like some of these things. I wish we got more production out of our running game and a David Montgomery and a Jameer Gibbs. I mean, some of these things like I'm just wanting. I don't feel like that can happen with Russell Wilson at the helm, and that's not to say that you can't win games with Russ because clearly you can. I feel that his de- best days are behind him, and I hear you when it comes to the contract. You have to figure out fiscal responsibility and how that's going to impact your team moving forward i don't care tom we've got the richest owners in sports okay (laughs) i need a quarterback and i don't have that answer right now i'm not saying i want one of these retreads back i'm not but for once sooner or later the denver broncos are going to need to draft and develop a quarterback i don't care what sean payton's record is doing that i don't care what the broncos record is doing that you're never going to do it if you're too gun shy to pull the trigger well, if you're going to do it, it better be a rookie that you believe in. You, yes, you're not going
2: to, you don't want to go out and pay a retread and pay Russ Russ's crappy, bloated contract at the same time. You go get a, if you're truly going to move on from Russell Wilson, you go get a rookie and you groom him. But at the same time, you also have to be improving your running game, which stinks right now. I'm telling you, it is not a good running game, and you need to improve the weapons. The tight end and the wide receivers. It, this the the offense is lacking of talent, as is the defense. There are some talented players, but there's not difference makers mm-hmm. really at this point right now. I mean, Sertan is probably your only difference maker, your truly elite player. He had a rough game. That happens. Where are all the truly elite players on this team? That's the problem. They've gotten by by you know having some people step up playing better than what you expected, like PJ lock, Jaquan McMillan, they all kind of stepped up. But when those plays didn't happen, you go up against a talented team and you see that you don't have the same amount of talent as some of these other players. So just getting a new quarterback isn't fixing it. It's not.
1: It's almost like different calibers of talent, right? You've got uh, like basketball, right? You, you've got guys that come off the bench that are role players and do well and will shine in the NBA finals every single year. i looking at the Denver Nuggets right now and their bench, and, and they had a very impressive bench last. Christian Brown was one of my favorite players, right? And then I'm thinking, Christian Brown needs to be a starter. Not so fast. It's, it's about chemistry. It's about different tiers of talent, and I think you're exactly right. Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in, contender, contender, get us in, and maybe we could be a contender. No, I appreciate that, Phil. Once you get in, right, you get in the big dance, everyone has the same record, more or less. That home field advantage kind of squashes that, but everybody is on a week-to-week basis. Here's where I'm I'm perplexed when it comes to Russell Wilson, right? I'm coming out here saying, I said I was done with Russ in October when they lost in Arrowhead. I just his body language, him and Sean, the offense. They just I, I just can't see it. I think it's forced. I don't think it's organic. Uh, I think it's going to lead to a lot of frustration. It led to some frustration last Saturday night, and I don't even think that's the worst of it yet. I think we will continue to see more frustration because this offense doesn't work. Why haven't the Broncos asked Russell Wilson to take a pay cut, Tom? Because if they get in the playoffs by some reason, are they going to go to him then and say, hey, you're a playoff quarterback again. Let's give us a pay cut. Give us some money so we can go get more talent. I can't figure out what the plan is with Russell Wilson. or Sean Payton and george payton still evaluating him are we waiting for something because i would at least start having the converse i would have had the conversations starting in miami all right that miami week hey russ we need you to start considering a contract negotiation that frees up some money we'll pay you some more money now we could front load the deal i don't understand why that hasn't happened tom are they waiting to be a playoff team so they can be stuck with russ I don't know but you can't re- you can't front load the deal anymore. I mean next
2: season is about the only time that you really can, but you still or you're going to have to make some serious cuts in order to do that because you're so far over the cap already and it's going to take you a while to get past that problem. So yeah, you could ask him to you would have to ask him to actually take a pay cut, redo his whole contract. I don't know if that's I don't know if that will um <laughs> if that will fly with the with the league and the salary cap and all that stuff but what i'm we the the thing is is you're kind of stuck either with russell wilson or you're stuck with a rookie quarterback that you got to bring up and there's still a ton of holes everywhere else on this team so just going out and getting a journeyman quarterback to get you by isn't going to fix any of the problems so if you go to the playoffs with russell wilson and then you next year you say, okay, we'll see you later, Russell Wilson. We're gonna bring in a journeyman and go five and eleven or five and twelve or whatever it is now. Uh that's not gonna make fans very happy. And that's what pays the bills. So what are you gonna do? You're you're not at a position where you can totally rebuild because you're winning. You're you're winning. Ish, you're seven ish. and seven, alright Like winning you're winning ish far past the tank and get a really high draft choice that's going to save the organization so to speak. And uh, so you're basically you're stuck with we're going to fill in some holes and stay with Russ, Russell Wilson for another two seasons while we fill in those holes. I, that's that's where I keep coming back to. You want to know what the plan is? The plan is they stick with Russell Wilson, they kind of win, they're never going to be the contender. They're going to fill in a couple holes like left tackle because I don't know how long Garrett Bowles is going to be around. You've got to fill in uh, D.J. Jones's spot. You're going to have to cut him on, in the offseason, bring in at least two defensive linemen to fill those holes. Because
1: Tom, Tyreek Hill himself could not fix Russell Wilson.
2: Okay? You, don't, you no. don't think having no. someone no. as dynamic no. as Tyreek Hill or someone no. of that caliber
1: is going to make Russell Wilson a better player? Throwing no, the, him, No, absolutely not. The quarterback, that's backwards. That's where you have it wrong. The quarterback should be making the wide receiver better, not the wide receiver making the quarterback better. Last time I checked, quarterback is the most important position of all of sports. Totally Russell you. Wilson is not getting the job done. Tom, he can't see a wide open Jerry Judy who has less than a quarter of the talent that Tyreek Hill has. I mean, and I'm not the Jerry Judy guy. I thought Jerry Judy should have been shipped out. Here I am defending Jerry Judy on some of these things. I mean, it is driving me crazy. You know who doesn't drive me crazy? Our guy GLP, who listens to Tom and I yell at each other every Wednesday (laughs) night at 6 p.m. Mountain saying, hey, guys, just a little reminder to the Russ's unfans. He is far bettered than the parade of wannabes for seven years. Go Broncos. GLP calls it like he sees it, man. And I love Gary so much. And we salute him for all of his support. Tom, I know you know that the quarterback is the most important position in sports. I know you realize and you are correct that this team is lacking when it comes to talent at special positions, including wide receiver, tight end, running back, franchise left tackles. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I'm just so worried that if we continue to try the Band-Aid approach, and Russ isn't the problem, it's everybody else, sooner or later we're going to have cycled through so many guys and Russ is still going to be here under this big fat contract and nothing's going to have changed. The Walton Pender ownership group has sunk so much money into this franchise. You know, I know, we all know they want a new stadium out there by DIA and all the crazy conspiracy theorists and all that funky stuff, right? We want to turn that into a Broncos mecca, if you will. Russell Wilson's not going to do that. He is. I mean, the fans are holding on to Russ's coattails by a thread right now. The Broncos lose on a Russell Wilson interception on Christmas Eve. This town turns on Russell Wilson all over again, just like they did against the Houston, Texans.
2: Well, I'll tell you the only way you're getting a big new stadium and people to back it uh, in the town is to start winning. So if you want a brand new stadium, are you going to go with a journeyman to bridge until you get a a rookie and you lose for three seasons until you're starting to get good again? And then you go for the stadium? I don't know. I just keep thinking about what you said. What is the plan with Russ? I'm trying trying to figure it out. I think they have to address holes. They can do it. Get younger while doing it. And then move on from Russell Wilson when that contract is feasible to move on from, which is is really after twenty twenty five. So oh. that that I mean, the, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just saying the contract. I, I didn't I didn't write it up. That was George Payton. Yes, wrote you up. did. That was a terrible with george The contract that he gave him was terrible, and yeah. it it really has hurt the Broncos. So, but if you think about it, you cut him, you carry that dead cap. You've got a ton invested in the quarterback, and you still got to go find your future quarterback you can still try and find your future quarterback in the meantime is what I'm saying. Instead of going out and getting a journeyman and losing a bunch of games again
1: and getting the fans frustrated again with this team. I don't want a journeyman. I just want a rookie. Like I'm willing to go through the rookie lumps of what it looks like for a guy who's going to sink or swim. I would, you know what? I wasn't high on Kenny Pickett, but at least the Steelers tried. At least they tried. I don't think that they hit, they hit on Kenny Pickett. Right. But they tried. Now it's going to, it remains to be seen how far it's going to push them back, right? On that swing and that huge mess. And you're exactly right. What a risk it is to draft any player, let alone a quarterback in the first round. Jerron Washington weighing in real quick. Russ isn't going anywhere. It's not his fault. Our defense wasn't good against Detroit. That's the beauty of this whole thing, Jerron. I mean, it's a team game, right? We could argue that, that Russ threw the game away in Houston one week. And then the next week, we can argue the, Defense absolutely gave the game to the Lions. I mean, it's weird the way the energy seems to flow with this team right now. It, it just yeah. seems like there's not it doesn't seem like there's a single player that is truly a leader on this team. We're still saying this. The Broncos are seven and seven. They're playing meaningful football. They have a 20% chance of getting into the playoffs. It's what December night, December 20th. Wednesday night, MHI, and we are still saying the Broncos don't have a leader other than Sean Payton. That leader should be Russell Wilson. It's not. It just isn't. He's Mr. Positive. He can get screamed and yelled at and not give a g whiz. I mean, that's not who I want as my quarterback. I want one of two guys, a guy that's either going to take it, move on and love it, or a guy that's going to fight back. There is zero killer instinct when it comes to Russell Wilson, none. Nor is there on this entire team. You Ouch, know. that hurts, Tom. That's not a <laughs> playoff team. This team is not a playoff team.
2: Okay. <laughs> like I said, this team could be a playoff team, not a Super Bowl contending team. Again, they can get to the playoffs. They're just not going to contend for the title. The problem is, you, you talked about you, know, the fans, and and going back and forth. Well, that's that's the problem with this team. They get our hopes up, right? They get our hopes up. We think they can do this. They can show that they're a contender. And then they just lay a complete egg. And then we're all like, ah, oh, back to where we were. Well, because because there's no consistency. There's been no winning consistently for the last several years. A lot of these fans have, don't even remember that the Broncos were a winning organization, right? So now you get a hint oh, of, geez. hey, we're, this team could do it. And then it's like, oh, you broke my heart again. What they need is a few key players that can get this team over the hump. And it may take a little while. It may take a couple of years to fill in those gaps, but they're going to have to do it because you can't do it by going out and spend a bunch of money in free agency because they don't have the cap space. They've got to stick to the draft, make good decisions in the draft, fill in some key areas, and then hopefully find that young quarterback who's going to be with the team for the next 10, 15 years and a good player. But that's not easy that that's the problem you like you said Kenny Pickett. pick it they tried he's not the answer there's a lot of quarterbacks that have never been the answer not that you don't try to do it you got to keep doing it but you have to draft people who can come in and in two years step up and be those leaders that you keep talking about they don't have them they have people who can be leaders in the community who can be you know a good guy on the on the field but not somebody like you said that has that killer instinct. There's not one that I know of that has a killer instinct that can go out there and change the game. There's not one on this team.
1: Oh, Man. And that's where you miss a guy like Draymond Jones. Right. I think about him. I mean, that was a guy that say what you want about him. He was a dog when the chips were down towards the end of his Bronco career. He was getting after it. I just, Zach Allen, I'm not seeing it. DJ Jones, you've been calling on, calling him out for a couple of weeks. Like he got a sack and then he was missing the rest of the game. I mean, you're exactly right. It's not just the quarterback. I feel like the quarterback should be leading the charge. He's not, it's not Russ. It's not who he is. Um, I I for facetiously said, you know, on, on social media last Saturday night, Russ just must not care anymore, or he has mastered the power of positivity because I don't know about you, Tom, but I don't respond very well to being yelled at, especially as an adult. Now, when you're being coached, when you're in a sport, whatever, different times of my life, it it might've been different, different professions of my life. It might've been different, but as a leader in my own profession, I don't scream and yell at people. They don't receive that well and i can only tell you if i were russell wilson i would not have responded to that well i think rush deserves some credit for doing the right thing keeping his mouth shut but at the same time i'm like dude i want my quarterback to fight back against that a little bit i don't need baker mayfield out there you know flipping the bird and grabbing his crotch and doing all (laughs) kinds of stuff like that but can we get something in between just a little bit i mean it's just it's so frustrating to see this lack of chemistry right now. And we're talking about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson's chemistry, but Tom really it's the entire team when we talk about it, right? Because we're talking about lack of talent. We're talking about lack of a killer instinct, lack of leadership. That's this entire football team. So I do think it's pretty incredible that the Broncos sit here at seven and seven as frustrated as I am with them right now, as nervous as they make me um, as anxious as they make me. I think Sean Payton and this group of players do deserve a certain level of credit. I just don't know what that is yet.
2: Well, there's a couple of things I want to say about it. One uh, from my perspective, watching the Detroit games, Russell Wilson was one of the few players that were still out there competing. There were a bunch of players that you could tell they were done. They knew they were getting their butts whipped and they didn't really care. I thought that Russell Wilson actually cared whether you have, he has fire or not. He, at least he was out there still competing until they took him out of the game, which was smart. Why keep him in the in the game when it's over? So there was that. Now I'm not trying to defend Russell Wilson and his uh you know lack of fire or whatever, but I don't want him to be somebody he isn't. And I somebody, I can't remember who it was. Somebody in the Denver media was like, boy, it should be nice to see him fight back. It's like, that's not him. Don't be somebody you want. I want to see him go out there and win us a game for sure. I would love to see that, but he's not gonna go out there and be the it would come off fake come out and be like, oh, rah, rah. You guys better start doing your jobs or I'm going to get in your face. No one's going to care. Isn't that the problem? That's not him. Does it do that? That's the the problem. The the next headline would be phony Russell Wilson tries to tell everybody uh, to go out there and do their job and be an a-hole. Everybody would say it's phony. (laughs) And so no one's going to follow him. Be yourself, play good football. That's what he needs to do. And he's not, (laughs) you know, he's not playing great football, but that's what he needs to do.
1: But Russ himself is the problem. Him being himself is the problem. I need you to try something different, Russ. It's not. I mean, what does a bad day look like for Russell Wilson, Tom? I I don't think he has one. (laughs) That's the problem, big dog. Like, that is the problem. Like, I don't know, man. That must be just the best philosophy or book in the world, right? The power of positive thinking. I don't know. Maybe I should check it out. Maybe. But (laughs) But it's just, man, golly. It is so frustrating to, to be out here with the fans, to be writing, to be podcasting, do some radio. I mean, Tom, you talked to DeMarcus Ware last week for crying out loud. Who's telling That's you, funny. I don't think that they have the depth in order to do this. Well, depth isn't the only thing that they're missing, and DeMarcus Ware is a hell of a gentleman. He's not going to come out there and trash his former team, but I'll do it for him. This team is a mess right now. They lack any sort of leadership or killer instinct. They've won in spite of of themselves at times in spite of the offense and in spite of the defense. I know these turnovers were crazy and it was a fantastic and marvelous five weeks, but what goes up must come down. And that's exactly what we're seeing with Vance Joseph's defense. I'm not saying that I absolutely want to see him canned. I think it's a mixed review. When you look at this coaching staff, Uh, I think that Vance Joseph has found a lot of success when, He could have had a unit completely turn their back on him and quit on him, and he deserves some credit. But I'm also not satisfied with the work that he's done on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I don't know if it was lack of preparation or lack of fire, like you said, because you're exactly right. Players quit. I've never seen Josie Jewell quit before. I was super disappointed. Shout out, Nick Kendall. Go Iowa Hawkeyes. Super disappointed to see Josie Jewell quit on that team because Josie Jewell is a great player great he's a good guy he's a good player I love his motor and I love his effort but he was so outplayed it wasn't even funny it looked like he was looking for support and to be propped up to which none of his teammates helped him that's where it was just a bunch of mercenaries out there all playing for themselves not playing together it was super super frustrating bud you know the thing that will help
2: is if they can put together another three game, just a three game win streak. It will help. Right. I'm just telling you, man. It You're will right. make, people right. it make people feel better. It'll make people feel better. And this is the this is the question, man. At this point, it's too late to go uh, one and sixteen and get the number one draft choice. So, would you right. rather have a team that goes nine and eight, misses the playoffs, middle of the road pick, or have a team that goes to the playoffs at ten and seven? with a middle-of-the-road pick anyway, but getting in the playoffs and actually actually stopping the tree. I'm taking the playoffs. Whether or not I believe that they can win the title, I don't think they can. I, I just I don't think they have the talent, but I would love to see them get in the playoffs. I don't care about two or three draft position picks. Go in the playoffs. Break the streak of not being in the playoffs. Let the fans have a little fun. All I'm asking, like I said for Christmas, is the Broncos to have a three-game win streak get in the playoffs, and from there, I don't care. Then worry about all of the problems that this team has in the
1: offseason. That's that's what I want to do. That's all we need. Santa, hook it up here in Bronx. <laughs> Phil McLaughlin hooking it up with all that support. Well, guys, in my opinion, I feel fortunate to have an above-average quarterback that can allow us to build up the areas we need most, and then in the meantime, get a quarterback in the draft and let him develop under an above-average defense and offense. Phil, being the mother, if you will, between uh, you know <laughs> dad and kid here as Tom and I yell at each other. Coming, Guys, maybe we need a little bit of both, right? Maybe we need to develop the next one in waiting somehow, some way while also transitioning with Russell Wilson. That's the ideal plan. I think you hit the nail on the head, Phil. You've got to have a a little bit of both worlds in that nature. And Tom, I I completely agree with you. And I, I co-sign that 100%. I would rather the Denver Broncos make the playoffs than get a premium draft selection in the top 10, top five, top three, what have you. I'm tired of that. That sucks. We know what it's like to be there, okay? Yeah. I'm looking for a winning season, Tom. How about a winning – you know, the first winning season since 2016 when Gary Kubiak's squad went 9-7 and seven and we're still third in the AFC West. Let's do that. Can we not finish fourth in the AFC West <laughs> right now? I mean, they finished dead last in their division – three years in a row I'm looking for improvement that's drastic improvement Tom and it does puzzle me it perplexes me Uh, Scott I'm not sure your opinion on the whole thing it's I can I can understand the fan base's logic right but that's hedging your bets (laughs) 2020 is always or, or hindsight is always 2020 right but look I I'm looking for those steps forward. I think a winning record not only rejuvenates this franchise, but it brings the fan base back as well, because the fan base has been continually sold the bill of goods. This is the year. This is our coach. This is our quarterback. Well, I think we've got a couple things figured out right now for sure. One, the Walton Penner ownership group are willing to spend some money and they're not cheap. Two, Sean Payton is going to be here for the long haul of his contract. I don't know if that's five or six years, but Sean Payton is the man. Those two things together we know are in in place. That's been more than the Broncos could say for, what, almost a decade? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I'd like to just touch on what uh, what, what, um, uh, Phil just said, which was having a quarterback, even above average quarterback, and a young quarterback. Now, if you go back and you look when Paxton Lynch was drafted, the guy had problems. He didn't want to. He didn't want to learn how to be an NFL quarterback. He had talent. Don't get me wrong. He had physical talent, but he did not want to learn how to play quarterback. He was re- rather play video games. Do you think that would have happened if Peyton Manning was the quarterback when he was drafted and was playing? Do you think that Peyton Manning would have instilled some other type? Maybe, maybe he just didn't have it. I mean, it, it would have be. been like enough with those video games. Yeah. Yelling at him. I mean, so <laughs> there is something to be said now. His mentor was Trevor Simeon, right? That was the starting quarterback that he was competing against when he was in the league. Now, again, okay, terrible bus. I don't want to defend Paxton Lynch at all. I've made jokes about him. But Trevor's my guy now. He said, if you had Russ, in, if you had Russ there. And a quarterback that you're developing, I think you have a better chance of developing that quarterback for the future than if you just have some schmo that you brought in off the street to bridge the gap until you get to uh, that quarterback that you really need. So I think that was a great point that you said, Phil, that it would be nice to have a mentor for that young quarterback of the future that you are willing to, to work with and take the helm in
1: 2026. I don't need a mentor. Sean Payton used to play quarterback. He can be all the mentor. Yell. Davis Webb, right? He loves Davis Webb, too, by the way, right? I mean, like, Sean Payton, that was, that was. I don't either. I don't <laughs> either, Tom. I mean, you see Davis just kind of there like, damn, yeah, we're getting yelled at together kind of with Russ. <laughs> he was in Russ's trenches with him. Say what you want about him. I mean, I did like that. Lawrence yep. Rivera, man, this is very, very kind. Uh, appreciate the support, Lawrence. I'm just grateful to have a podcast that's been here since the bottom. And Lawrence, I will tell you, I actually started covering the Denver Broncos in 2016, right? It was my first season covering for a different publication. But all around, we all have, right? We bounce all over publications and then we find a home. That home is MHH for me and Tom and Scott right now. We love it. We're we're, we're treated well and I'm happy to be here. But coming into covering the Denver Broncos and covering the NFL draft, man, I was so excited. Think this is going to be great playoffs again, back-to-back Super Bowl runs just like 97 and 98. Man, it's been rough. So, Lawrence, we hear you. It's been awesome to be able to to be on this ride. What a ride of a season, Tom. Broncos country, let's ride. Who thought that this ride was coming? It's had its (laughs) ups. It's had its downs. Right now, I don't know what to make of it, man. I think that – it's going to take me up until Friday to figure out my prediction, because I want to just say the Broncos are going to shellack the Patriots. They're going to whip them. That offense is atrocious. The Patriots are a bad team. That defense is still nothing to play with. Um, But Broncos country's energy, whether it be on this podcast, whether it be on social media, uh, whether it be with the fans that we interact with at the meet and greet or just out and about in our daily lives. That is what keeps me going, man. We're texting before the show, dude, it's been a tough, tough week at work for both of us we need this podcast we can't thank all of you because broncos country you are what makes this podcast go and we salute you for it thank you i'll tell you the one thing that does give me some hope
2: about these last three games i mean i we've talked about why they can win you know based on the record and the quarterbacks that they're playing and yada yada if the team can show up that played good Football against the Browns and good football against the Chargers. If that team can show up, they they can beat these teams pretty well. I mean, I think they can whip up on them. It's the pro the, the problem is, is are they going to? And that's that's the big question. Because back, you know, back when Peyton Manning uh was part of the Denver Browns, back when John Elway, back in the late 90s, when they were winning Super Bowls you knew that team was always going to show up and it was, it was talented and it was, could beat anybody yeah, it lost some games, but it could beat those teams could beat anybody. You don't have that feeling with this Broncos team. You don't know if they can beat anyone, but you also think that they could beat anyone. And that's kind of what makes it a little bit fun, but also very nerve wracking because you don't know what you're going to get. You can either be super happy or super disappointed every week. And uh, I, I for one would like to see a Denver Broncos blowout at least once this season. Where I'm like, at, by the fourth quarter, I'm just uh, having a beer and having fun. Yeah. And like, what the heck?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're almost. Isn't that odd, Tom? As we come up against it here, like just to wrap up the show, we're still waiting for a Broncos signature win. Yes, exactly. Here in Week 16, if you will, and it's almost like the Broncos are a very uh, nerve-wracking home team for the home fan base, and they are a very scary opponent for an uh, an opposing NFL team because you don't know which team you're going to get. Uh, I think that Bill Belichick and Sean Payton have some history. I wrote about that. My keys to victory that we'll be dropping this Friday over at milehighhuddle.com. Tom's by the numbers will be dropping on Saturday. Catch Tom on Friday morning with Legends. You never know who's stopping by. DeMarcus Ware last week, so stay tuned on Friday morning. (laughs) Saturday, OBV returns with Ron White and Tom, 6 p.m. Mountain. We appreciate you guys so much. Stay tuned for Broncos for Breakfast with Scott and Nick as well. Uh, The Mile High Huddle podcast will be back tomorrow, and then the Dove Valley Deep Divers on Friday. Broncos country, you absolutely brought it tonight. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country. Here we go, New England Patriots, Christmas Eve. All we want for Christmas is a Broncos victory. This is the way.